0: This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherise Zephard, only on 101.9 High fm
1: This past Wednesday, Banyana by Banyana coach Desiree Ellis ran a soccer clinic for under-14 girls at King David Victory Park High School that also included two schools from Alexandra, namely KwaPikilana Secondary School and East Bank High. Banyana players Simon Solz and Dilid Lamini as well as Erin Hertz, among others, shared their skills during training that brought together young women from different backgrounds, while at the same time also improving their uh, skills and abilities in soccer. The event was a collaboration between King David Victory Park High School, Forward Zone and the Jewish Board of Deputies. Ashley Cotson is the founder and CEO of Forward Zone, and he joins me now to tell me more. Ashley, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, Ashley, tell me about the initiative behind the
0: day. So it was really driven by, I think, the the growth and the excitement around women's sport globally and uh, the recent success of Banyana winning the WAFCON. And really what we wanted to do was was make soccer for girls more exciting. Uh, Traditionally, we found that soccer is not a natural code for South African girls to play. So we wanted to excite and delight and we wanted to uh, get them inspired by Desiree. So the idea was to, to take the high school girls at KBVP and, and really elevate their soccer experience by bringing in some Banyana coaches, bringing in Desiree. And I think that that was really the key objective, just some real fun uh, and using football as the thread.
1: Ashley, women's sport is gaining a lot more traction. To what extent do you think Banyana winning? gave that impetus. Do you think if they'd come second or third, there would be as much excitement about women's soccer as there is now?
0: I think there still will be uh, and, and would be. I mean, I, I was really privileged. I was at the Euro finals at Wembley a couple of weeks ago. There were 87,000 people in attendance at Wembley. So I think that the global growth is starting to drive South African growth also. I think the fact that Banyana won really accelerates the interest and need for there to be greater focus around women's sport development
1: so i was lucky enough to be there on wednesday and um, i mean the excitement was palpable but also firstly from the Banyana players gee, i was struck by how incredibly young they are i, I wasn't expecting it Simone's still at school I, I hadn't realized that actually these are young 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 people in and of themselves
0: yeah and, and i think what was quite nice is that they're seeing uh women's football as a career opportunity And I think maybe three to five years ago, uh, the Banyana players played, but they had to do other things. They had to have other jobs. They couldn't be full-time. And I think if we just look at the global growth of women's football now becoming more professional and full-time, there's a need for the South African environment to professionalize and improve also. Because if if we want a lot of our South African girls to become world stars, they need to be training and competing at that full-time level also.
1: The other person that really did strike me was um, is our is our coach, Desiree Ellis. Um, wow, what an incredibly strong woman. And we, when we look up to different women role models, we don't often think of them necessarily in sport, but she certainly is one. And what an incredible woman. Do you want to tell me a little bit about her?
0: Yeah, so I think, I mean, Desiree was a Banyana player herself. She actually played only her first game when she was 30. So kind of we would call a late bloomer, Um and I think Des has done an unbelievable job. I mean, as much as it pains me to say, football is still quite a male-dominated sport and certainly in South Africa as such. Also, um, what's nice to see globally is now more and more women's teams are coached by women, which I think is certainly important. Um, and I think Des has just done an amazing job to become a great leader, uh, to stand out and drive and lead women's football. It is not an easy task. In a, in, a, in a world where you dominate, it, certainly in South Africa, by, by rugby, cricket and soccer as the three big codes, which are incredibly male-dominated. So, I think just a real leader, uh, a visionary in a way in terms of what she wanted to achieve. And, uh, you know, winning this, this Wafcon has been amazing for her uh, and her own brand, which which I'm so glad for her. She deserves that. And she's got a big 12-month window ahead of her. You know, we go into a big year of women's sport next year with a FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand, July and August. uh, The draws next month, so we'll kind of know which group South Africa's in, which is super exciting. But then there's the Netball Women's World Cup in Cape Town. There's the T20 Women's World Cup of Cricket in South Africa in February. So women's sport's really developing big global events. And for a woman like Dare, she can really start to stand out in the South African sporting landscape as a real visionary and a, and a true leader and someone that we can take uh, a lot of learnings from.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, before we go, I'd like to learn a little bit more about Fordzone as well. But before we do, the other thing that struck me about the day is um, the, the passion of the girls that were playing, the commitment to what they were doing, and also the seriousness that the coaches put into their training. Um, it wasn't a case of, it was fun, obviously, and everybody enjoyed it. But this wasn't a wasted opportunity. This was real imparting of skills to girls who really wanted to learn.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, one of the big focuses of yesterday was to to provide an elevated technical experience for the girls. And what, what we mean by technical experience is the way the girls are coached. So the kind of drills, the uh, nature of usage of equipment, the output that the coaches are trying to get out of the day was a big focus. So that was led by our head of recruitment, Cezanne Palala. He's one of the leading youth coaches in South Africa. And a lot of thought went into the kind of session. So we we, we worked on what we call circuit training. So there were four different circuits. Why we do that is to allow a lot more touch time with the ball for each of the girls. So you saw in most of the drills, every girl had a ball at their feet touching, turning, movement was very important. So, I mean, I think if if you went and you asked the girls, was it an amazing experience, they'd all say yes. But I think it was elevated by the kind of technical football experience that they got. Um, And that really was the objective of the day. It was to help the school coaches get better. Because for me, the only way we build great players is to build great coaches. And great coaches are built and developed through training, experience, mentorship. And as the coaches get better... Certainly, the playing experience gets better for the girls, and and I think yesterday, as as a key objective, I really think we ticked that box.
1: When you talk about scouting, um, somebody said that he was there to scout, and did he find any potential players?
0: So I think there were two or three girls who showed potential, but you know, potential is not enough, right? I think you know, the, one of the key things we're always looking for is is how does the player behave off? Uh, the football field how do they respond to 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 schoolwork? how do they exist in social uh, circles so I think there's a lot that goes into recruiting a player today and, and technical talent alone is not enough
1: Having said technical talent alone is not enough I, certainly I'm somebody who watches soccer you know big matches it really has to be a big match for me to watch And I, as a complete novice then, could tell that certain girls were so much better than others, that were literally head and shoulders better. And um, it's obviously technique and passion. But do you think that is born? Do you think talent is something that they have within? And this is, particularly from the girls from Alex, a way to make more of what they have?
0: Yeah, I think so. And I I, I think that players who have less choice sometimes – uh, really work or, or hone or craft at a skill, so you'd find that say, maybe some of those girls from addicts may have less choice: netball and dancing and tennis and all these other codes. They would channel their energy into football because that's available uh, and it's something they could really do well and get to. So I think that a lot of kids have a natural talent, but to hone a talent at professional level requires a lot more than just being good. You know, you really have to commit. You really have to work at it. You really got to think about nutrition. You really got to think about your body. And you really got to develop a discipline towards excellence because it doesn't just happen. To play at the highest level of sport today, discipline is the fundamental thread that's going to pull it all together.
1: Um, tell me then a little bit about Forward Zone because I imagine this is kind of what you do.
0: Yeah, so uh, I, I'm a, a madly passionate football person and have been since I was very young and always dreamed of working in an industry one day that I love and that that is football. And that's what segued me into starting and founding Forward Zone 22 years ago. Uh, the business has obviously evolved today into a global group of companies. So we have offices in London, in Amsterdam, in Portugal, uh, in the US and in Melbourne, uh, I'm based in Johannesburg, primarily right now, but we've we've moved some of our top people to to different parts of the world. The reason for us wanting to have that kind of geographical spread is that we want to manage top footballing talent from around the world into Europe. Europe's really the kind of the key hub for, for football. Um, and that's the kind of reason for the global growth. But certainly inside of South African and African markets, we're involved in a lot of other sporting codes. So cricket, soccer, netball, basketball, golf, uh, and, and the real key verticals of our business are what we call talent management consulting and experiential experiential activation so that's really what we do Uh, madly passionate about sports but passionate about the business of sports and I think there's a difference there's a difference between being a great fan and, and someone trying to build a business around sports
1: what is it to work to work in your passion does it not detract from the passion of it does does your passion not then become work
0: Yes, I think they become merged, right? But I think what what, what it does for me certainly is I never feel like I'm jumping up and going to work and working for a boss and doing things I dislike. Of course, there's days where things are hard and you're not enjoying your work. But I think for me, like when I drove out...
1: Ashley, thank you so much for joining me. I enjoyed our chat and well done on a great job.
0: Great, thank you. And thanks for all the support and we look forward to more.
1: Bye, that was Ashley Cotson, founder and CEO of Horta.